wild week with the Holy Spirit. I think I've just encountered him for the first time. I'm kidding you not. Like, and I've just been praying all week. Like, I'm like, my notes are plan B, Jesus. You just say what you want to say. Um, but in me, there's like this need to be comfortable, this need to have notes. I've left them at home this morning. So <laughs> this is going to be exciting. I've got some brief notes here, but we're just going to go with the Holy Spirit. Um, Daddy God, you just anoint my words. You say what you want to say. Daddy, I pray that I remember some of what I've prepared. Um, and Father, you just speak through me. Amen. Amen. Right, Psalm 116. Uh, if you can bring it up. I'm going to read it off here. Um, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me, the pangs of Sheol laid hold on me, and I suffered distress and anguish. And then I called on the name of the Lord, O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous, our Lord is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple, and when I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you, for you have delivered my soul from death, my ears from tears, and my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted, and I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious is the sight of the Lord and the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people and in the courts of the house of the Lord in your midst. O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Fun fact. Psalms 113 through to Psalms 118 in the Jewish tradition are called the Halal, uh, from which we get hallelujah, which means praise. Um, so these psalms are from praise. We're not sure if King David penned this or if there's a particular moment where he penned it or if it's just an overflow out of everything that God has brought him through to. If you could click me on a couple of slides. Cheeky little picture of David. Next one. <laughs> Uh, so I think this is telling us two things. Um, this is point number one. So he has rescued us from death, for you have delivered my soul from death, my ears from tears, and my feet from stumbling, and he has given us freedom. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. You have loosed my bonds. So for most of us, this doesn't mean literal death. But when I was out in Los Angeles um, working in a rehabilitation home for survivors of the sex trade who were being prosecuted, who were having people come against them, who were getting death threats sent there, we were reading these psalms every evening and we were walking through these and they were saying out, you have rescued me from actual death. But for most of us, there's a different kind of death that God has rescued us from. And if you can move to the next slide, I know I've said after it. Um, so for those of you who might not be able to see that properly, um, this is a daughter of the king. It is also me before I knew Jesus. So I'm just going to share a little bit of my testimony and tell you how I know that God can give us freedom and how he has loosed us from bonds. So I was brought up in the occult. My mum loves new age things. Um, I was taken to psychic workshops. I was encouraged to um, go after demons all sorts of things. And I ended up dating a guy who had generation upon generation upon generation involved in witchcraft. 
So I entered into that family and I just became really absorbed in this world of darkness, um, of the demonic, um, and I thought I was really powerful there because I was in a place where, um, yeah, I was basically told I had loads of power because I was operating in darkness. Um, I had no sense of having any worth over my life. I thought that my life was completely and utterly worthless. I would cross roads without even looking. It did not matter to me whether I lived or whether I died because my life had so little worth. I remember being terrified of leaving the house because I thought I was so ugly that people would pity me. I ended up having anorexia and at 18, I had 17, 18, I was four and a half stone. That is tiny. I just didn't know that I had any worth. And then I used to self-harm, just as a way of dealing with all the stuff that was going on in my life. So I had scars all the way up my arms. And then, just to carry on, I just was smoking loads of pot, drinking so much that I ended up with pancreatitis, which is only something you get from excessive alcoholism or old age. And I just thought that I had no worth. So I kept trying to find it. I kept going into bars. I was leaving with any guy that would take me home. I was dancing on bars. I wanted to be the center of attention because that was the only way that I knew that I had any worth at all. Um, so I firmly believe I am the product of a drive-by prayer. If you ever see anyone that looks a complete mess, pray for them. I so believe it in my spirit that somebody prayed for me. I didn't have any friends that were Christians. I didn't have any family that were Christians. I just totally believe I'm a drive-by prayer answer. So I wake up one morning in the second year of university um, and I want to go to church more than anything in the world. I want to go to church completely out of nowhere. So I think I'm still stoned from the night before. And I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel it. So I call my dealer, I go to pick up, and I go down to the shops um, to go and pick up a whole load of pots so I can get stoned and not feel like I want to go to church. And um, I end up going down the shops, and there's these two guys who are bringing guitar and drums um, into a van from this building. And I walk into this building because they're attractive, and I'm like, why not? I'm waiting for my dealer. <laughs> um, and so I'm starting to help them. I walk in, and there's this cross on the wall. I realize I've walked into a church. Um, and during that time, they started telling me about the Holy Spirit, about Jesus. I just wanted nothing to do with it. I thought it was ridiculous. I took a flyer and left for a worship event. Three weeks later, I'm looking through my drawer for Rizla, and I find this flyer. I, my spirit is like, I'm going to this. I am like, I am not going to this. So I get dressed up for a night out. I'm in Essex. You can imagine what that looks like. Um, <laughs> and I am, I'm like, <laughs> sorry, Jane. <laughs> And um, I am just determined to not go. I don't know anybody there. My life's fine as it is. And um, I don't remember walking to the church that evening. But I remember standing outside that building and knowing that I knew that I was not alone. And I'd been the center of attention. I'd been the center of attention all the time. I had people around me. I was a party animal. Everyone was around me. But this was the first time that I hadn't felt alone. I went in. First worship song came on. Smack. That was the Holy Spirit just knocking me out. I cried for the first time in nine years, and every single one of the scars on my arms disappeared. Hallelujah. That is how I know that he can bring freedom from spiritual death. Can you go on to the next slide? Thanks. <laughs> so what is our response to that? What is our response to know that he can completely bring freedom from death? Um, and I think... We need to know that he continues to bring us freedom. It's not just that moment of salvation, but our salvation is important. So, in the Psalms, he says, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I'm going to talk about three things. 
We need to lift up the cup of salvation. We need to call on the name of the Lord and we need to worship unashamedly. So, embrace your salvation. You need to put your helmet on and understand that you are a new creation, a daughter or a son of the living king. Choose to take a stand for the one whose name is beautiful, for he who breathed every star into being knows your name. Choose to not be satisfied by apathy, relevancy, or silence. Choose to not embrace accusation, but to be set free by love. Choose to not let your chains be broken, no matter how painful or how long it takes to get through the metal. Choose to let yourself be loved over and over and over again, to be poured on, to be doted over, to be cried for, saved, redeemed, and forgiven. Choose to never let go of your father and pursue him with fervor and passion and commitment. Choose to tie your heart to his, to let his love be your everything, the guiding light, the beautiful one who guides you home. Choose to dance and dance and dance until every single one of your muscles ache and carry on dancing because it is glorifying him and in glorifying him there is overwhelming joy. Choose to be wrecked for anything but him. Choose to stare up at the night sky and recognize the majesty that created all of that for fun. Choose to put everything else aside for a second with your king. Choose to kneel at his feet and write in the dust, all I am is yours. Call on the name of the Lord. He is listening. He cares. He cares about our tiny problems. He cares about our big problems. He wants to continually bring us freedom from death. He wants to continually loose our bonds. He has freedom for us, and it's not just at that moment of salvation, but it is in our daily walk. And worship unashamedly. I have just been struck by the Holy Spirit how much I have tried to be relevant for my 20s. I have tried to be cool. I have tried to fit in. I have tried to look professional. And God just doesn't want us to be relevant. He doesn't. He doesn't want us to be sugar that is sweet to the world. He calls us to be a light and salt. And he calls us to be a light on the hill. Worship unashamedly. It doesn't matter what anyone here thinks about you. It just matters about him. And I want to end on um, a clip of Bono, if it will play. Um, He stops mid-concert and then says these words from Psalm 116. What can I give back to God for the blessing he has poured out on me? I lift high the cup of salvation as a toast to our Father, and I'll follow through on the promise I made to you. Hear my prayer. Or not. (laughs) Anyway, it's this amazing moment where Bono just stops mid-concert. Everyone's eyes are on him, and he just starts reciting the Bible and saying, what can I give back to you, God? Because he understands in that moment that this is nothing by his own strength, but God has put him there. Thanks.